0: super friends with eric esquivel
1: look up in the sky it's super friends and today i'm joined by julia fung i'm really excited about today's episode we're going to talk about the max fleischer cartoons and uh julia's here because you're a big fan of the 40s era superman right
0: i am thank you for having me on your show
1: totally so, yeah. So, uh, full disclosure, a guest bailed a minute ago, and <laughs> Julia flew in to save the day. She's a big fan of the Fleischer era stuff, which I'm really excited about. And uh, let's do this. So, Julia, when was the first time you saw these cartoons?
0: Um, that's an excellent question. I um, saw it when I was a kid, and I actually didn't speak English at the time. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I was a... Kryptonian? <laughs> English was my second language, so... Uh, I remember watching the, uh, it was on VHS, okay? And that's I, how I watched <laughs> it too, yeah.
1: What was your first language?
0: Uh, Cantonese. Okay. So that's what I grew up uh, with. But I forgot who gave this uh, VHS to us, but we were, wa- like, my sister and I were watching it, and we were, like, three years old, and I just remember how beautiful the animation was. That's gorgeous, yeah. It really struck me how, uh, just, like, the movement and the color choice even as a kid i was just amazed by how wonderful it was
1: it really stands out yeah the first episode uh, had a budget of fifty thousand dollars which was the highest ever for an animated short it's like 11 minutes and it looks like this beautiful like better than disney quality thing and it actually got nominated for an academy award which is pretty exciting yeah but they're gorgeous they're these like painterly vistas it's crazy
0: like i i was really surprised too with um The gestures that Superman had, like, how he would brace himself against a building to, like, leap up into the sky rather than... Like, I love uh, Golden Age Superman because, to me, like, that makes him more relatable because he actually has weaknesses rather than just, like, oh, he's indestructible. Like, I I, I don't really care about that. I want to see somebody who's struggling against these great odds Mm. to do something good.
1: Yeah, there's a real weight to the character, right? Like, he doesn't even fly through the air initially. He leaps like a tick. Yeah. And the first time they ever had Superman fly was in those cartoons. It was later on in the series, but because like, it was hard to animate that, because it was so, like like you're saying, so visceral. He'd actually, like, push against stuff with his feet and leap through the air, and he had to, like, yeah, there's a real weight to everything, which was really fun. It's fun that even though you weren't speaking the language, you still got that from the character.
0: Exactly. It was, like, for someone who just didn't, uh, who didn't speak English at the time, just, like, being able to see, like, through his actions, what he can do, mm-hmm. it's like really moved me as a kid. And I was just, like, I was like, I really wanted to be Superman because I was like, this guy's cool.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Did you? Uh, was there anything that you didn't catch initially, not knowing the language? Like, was the alter ego thing confusing, or were there any aspects that were like that tripped you up?
0: Uh, I actually don't remember much about that time, just because, like, it was one.
1: You were three. I right? was
0: like a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just remember it was so beautiful, and I would rewatch this. I, I, he was, like, punching lasers. <laughs> uh, that's, like, that's the part that I remember the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: totally. The impossible stuff. How about Lois Lane? You and I were talking about the character of Lois earlier, and, like, in those cartoons, what what were your feelings on Lois?
0: Uh, I just remember thinking, why does she always get herself into trouble, and why does she always need to be saved? Like, as I'm older now, I understand, like, she was just this reporter that was chasing down the story. But it just really frustrated me as a woman. Like, get yourself out of this. Like, come on. You got yourself into it. Try to get yourself out of it. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. What do you think about the idea that Lois was just willing to die for the truth? Like, I think Lois got saved by Superman a lot, but she never seemed to rely on it. Am I correct on that? That, like, she's sort of always just willing to get shot or get in trouble and always willing to die to get the story. And, like, Superman saving her wasn't something she planned on. It just happened.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's one of the things that like even though i was kind of frustrated at her for for getting herself into trouble Mm. i i also appreciate that she did try her hardest to to pursue something that she was interested in
1: and in most of the stories like she's the one who drove the action like clark would follow her lead like she would go chase after stories she would spot corruption and follow bad guys and superman wasn't a self-motivated character he was always like following Lois's lead and for the for the 40s that's pretty impressive right
0: yeah it was a uh, like now that I'm older and I've able to revisit some of the stuff that I grew up with, it made more sense to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. like so she is trying to get herself out of trouble. But like, as a person who didn't speak English before, I was like, why is she doing? Sure, this?
1: Sure. <laughs> I guess the creators used to get death threats too the idea of having Lois like unmarried and traveling with Clark Kent and like her wearing pants at the office. How dare she and her having a job at all? It was like, kind of a big deal to have a woman in all of those roles. and it was actually it was very controversial. so that's. It's pretty narrow starting
0: Yeah, so I think I think as um for the era that it was in, like mm-hmm. it was really far out there. So mm-hmm. it reminds me of uh, some of the other um like noirs that I watched. Oh sure. Yeah, you know, it's like this like fast speaking, uh truth seeking woman yeah. who was like fighting for her right to be in the a room full of men. Yeah. And I that like now that I'm older, I kind of appreciate that a little bit more just because uh, something that I had to deal with, too. Sure,
1: sure. And and you work in comics. Uh, you're right now an employee at Meltdown Comics. You've also worked as an editor before and you're yeah. an artist.
0: Yes. Uh, I used to work at a manga company as an uh, editor and a project manager. So Very cool. being in a room full of guys that just didn't really appreciate what you were saying. Like I ran businesses uh, since I was a kid. Yeah. Like My older sister and I. Um, we actually helped our mom build her business from the ground up, her oh, wow. jewelry business. So we just, uh, we're used to just slinging it with uh, like people with multi-million dollars, you know? Yeah. And we were just like little kids, but it's just like growing up with that really taught us how to be tough women, like, like matriarchs. Mm-hmm. And so like seeing somebody that like, would get herself into trouble. Like, all right, come on, get yourself out of it. <laughs> sure, sure. You
1: would have rather had her have powers herself, or her like do some of the fisticuffs, and
0: yeah. Yeah, and then, so, and so something that I uh read recently about women who worked in the White House, mm-hmm. and uh, like, I think it was like for Obama, um, they would confirm what they would say by repeating uh, what another woman had said, just to like give it more weight. And so like one. they'd
1: wait for someone. Else. I'm, I'm interrupting you as you're talking about women <laughs> getting interrupted. I'm sorry. So explain that again. it was women signaling each other, right? Like you yeah. would confirm what someone else said.
0: Yeah, It's just so like it would make it more real for the people in the room, especially for men, because it was just really it, we're used to being ignored a lot, right? Sure. So it's like a lot of apologizing, and sure. it's something that we have to break out of. So speaking with somebody else kind of reaffirms that opinion hmm. of um of like what what you were trying to say
1: sure sure that's really useful and is there or were there times as an editor that you got to employ um sort of pr- progressive thinking to help like boost stories like that or uh, how did that come to play in your in your life as a comic editor it
0: really kind of like it really taught me how to like not given.
1: That's great. <laughs> very, very lowest in. lane of you.
0: Yeah, like don't give in.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. And as forward-thinking as the, these cartoons were with like gender stuff, uh, they were really regressive racially. And did did you watch all of them when you were like a kid, or did you just have a few tapes? It were? was
0: just a few. It was, uh from what i recall do
1: you remember the episode called japo tours did you see that one of <laughs> no chance.
0: but just hearing the title just oh sounds my like...
1: god it's a blight on the superman history for sure whenever cuz we were right like in the thick of world war II and uh, so there were really horrible caricatures of, of Asian people in the shows. There's an episode called Japa Tours. There's one where, like, yeah, where there's like a sabotage. He's, he's like an American dude and he has a poster of the Statue of Liberty. And at one point, he presses a button and it turns the Japanese flag and it plays like, it's, uh, it's okay. like horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, these cartoons, like, it's, it's fun to watch them now and revisit and see what they got right and what they got wrong. Uh, pretty intense. But well, you didn't you didn't encounter those when you were a kid or didn't remember them?
0: Um well, I you know, growing up like Asian, it's just you get so used to it. Sometimes yeah. you just don't even notice until somebody brings it up, like, oh right, that sure. was a thing. Um, but my one of my graphic forms teacher in college, um, Mort Castle, he gave me this book about like the history of uh just like comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was Uh, golden age superman or just like golden age era Mm -hmm. uh, like the birth of all these comics and reading that book really enlightened me on uh the how comics themselves were made Mm -hmm. uh considering it was like world war and Mm -hmm. it was sort of like a propaganda thing for uh people and kids yeah absolutely so um i'm really into uh aviation so like just like all the different planes too they would paint
1: characters on the sides, right? I remember seeing, like, Miss Fury being, like, painted on a plane. Like, yeah. a comic book characters, like, it's almost as a totem. Like, put these characters that represent strength on your vehicle to make you stronger. That's yeah. very, like, that's very shamanistic and very Grant Morrison-y. I like that and a it, lot.
0: And it, like, shows uh, your allies, like, who you are, too. So it was, like, really interesting. I understand why, like, because of the era that it was in, mm-hmm. why it was created that way. Like, this superhuman guy that can uh, f- fight down... Like planes, if he wanted to, Mm. or uh, catch a falling airplane, which was like really appealing to somebody that was like stuck in this war, like this great war. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's weird now because all those old cartoons from the Fleischer era—he never really fought supervillains. Like he would, he would fight uh, like one-off crooks and robbers and mad scientists but no no recurring characters and a lot of it was war stuff like we're talking about he actually went to japan and sabotaged japanese u-boats and stuff it was crazy we don't have superman fighting any of our modern day enemies like superman doesn't fight isis it doesn't fight al-qaeda like that do you think that that's good or bad
0: um that's a that's a tough question to answer because i feel like uh because we kind of see world, like since we didn't ourselves did not grow up in that era Mm -hmm. we kind of see it with like rose colored glasses it's a very like we did not experience so um i feel like from my understanding of it is uh like world war one and world war two was something that was like you had a great enemy that you had to fight everybody was working together to to fight this one enemy or whatever this great big bad villain Mm -hmm. right Um, But now that we're in this huge information age, and especially after, like, the Vietnam War, where you didn't really... There wasn't really, like, a a bad guy, right? Um, It really changed the way that we viewed what war is. And that's why I think, like, Superman doesn't really... It's like kind of tough to put him in a situation where he would be fighting against other people because he's supposed to be like an everyday man. Sure. So, But he grew up in Kansas. Yeah, but so <laughs> are
1: soldiers, though, yeah. right? I think maybe it's the power differential, too. Like back then when he wasn't as superpowered, him being like a soldier with the strength of three men was different than him just like having the ability to punch the sun. Like yeah. why wouldn't he go over like after Osama bin Laden now if he's like all powerful and can hear and see everything? Like that might be different. But it's just weird that they were so into using it as a propaganda tool back in the day but not now I wonder why that is
0: it's like yeah it's a it's interesting just because you can't really like, can you really choose a side it's like the victor is the one who writes history right
1: yeah it seems very American though that idea that you just said though and that's very <laughs> Superman I don't know and like you know world war harbor or, or World War two and Pearl Harbor and stuff happened in the Superman stuff back in the day but in the modern era like 9 eleven never happened you know like that never affected the dc universe it happened in marvel but never in dc and like george w bush was never president in dc it was lex luther at that time so it's funny how these old cartoons are very much real world and the newer stuff is kind of further away
0: yeah it's interesting i feel like um some like not to rag on dc or anything i think they it feels like they're kind of like stuck in the that era before um modern technology
1: (laughs) (laughs) sure and sometimes that's great like uh I remember the 90s cartoon was very inspired by the Fleischer. It was very art deco and kind of felt a little bit like timeless. And that, that can be fun too. Are you a cartoon fan in general?
0: I do like cartoons. I actually grew up not watching TV because my parents wouldn't let me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I read so now, a now lot you're a of rebel. Yeah. I read a lot of books. Uh, but I try to catch up on uh, what I can when, when I have time. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of good cartoons out there.
1: hmm hmm I like the the studio to the Fleischer Studio because they did the. Did you ever watch the Betty Boop cartoons or the um, Popeye cartoons? I did. Yeah, I, they they did those too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I grew up a lot, a lot on a, a lot of retro, uh, com- like cartoons and comics, just because uh, we didn't have a lot of money, so we had people giving us like VHSs of different yeah. things. So it was like Betty Boop, Popeye, like just re and like we would watch reruns mm-hmm. after dinner after listening to radio plays.
1: Oh, that's cool. Radio play. Is it like early podcasts? We're just talking radio plays. That's <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, we grew up on... Uh, I remember a, a super, there was a po- radio play for Superman as well. Was yeah. Wasn't there?
1: Yeah. There's some great stuff. Yeah. Very, those are political too. Like, you've like fought, I think he fought the Klan and some of those. And yeah, there was a really great... Yeah, radio plays are awesome. So, are you? Would you consider yourself a Superman fan still? I know you watched the stuff when you were a kid and you were inspired, but did did that carry on to your adult years? Are you a maniac like me with Superman tattoos and T-shirts and bed sheets?
0: I'm not quite maniac about it, but I do appreciate that he um, has all these great abilities, and he has to almost fight against it to be human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the greatest thing about him. Like he has to relate to people. Uh, and it's, it almost makes him his own greatest enemy.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, in the title for this show, they specifically call out where they say, uh, uh, in his, uh, who disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter. So they say, disguised as Clark Kent. So that, that's really important. Like in Smallville, you know, Superman's the disguise. In most of the movies, Superman's this thing that he puts on. In my mind, Superman's sort of like his higher self, this thing that he wants to be. But in this cartoon, they're like, no, Clark Kent is all an act. And they and tell you that in the title sequence.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fantastic yeah it it's because it, it, it's like him saying like you have to be human like if you're living here like try to be a moral person and, mm-hmm. and like if you're someone with all these great powers what other way to do it than to do it for the for the good of humanity
1: yeah that's really really beautiful i like that a lot So you said when you first saw these cartoons, uh, English wasn't your first language. Were you born in the States or were you born abroad?
0: I was born in Chicago, but my parents were actually immigrants from China. Oh, right on. So um, I learned Cantonese first. Mm -hmm. So my sister and I were sort of just like talk to each other about what was happening. Sure, (laughs) sure. Figure out like, oh, so that's what's happening on the TV show.
1: Did you relate to the Superman experience of him being an immigrant at all? Like him being from from elsewhere, from Krypton.
0: I didn't think of it that way, but that's a, that's a great point.
1: I really like the uh, in the forties. It was super American for him to be like, "Well, I'm from elsewhere, and I'm going to save the country, and I'm really patriotic, and like I'm from somewhere else, and that's why I love it here the most." Like I'm sure your parents could probably relate to that.
0: Oh man, I have stories about them. Let's like, hear them. going through a communist era. Holy moly, my I- mom would had to. Uh, she grew up in the city and. Because of the Red Scare, um, like I think it was like 1964, like 1966, somewhere around there. Mm. Um, a lot of city people had to get put into uh, plantations to to just like farm. So Jeez. like, it, yeah, it's like this huge communist thing where they had to uh, just work in the fields, right? Yeah. My mom knew nothing about that. So somebody had to teach her how as a, to. As a city
1: lady, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And she was the oldest of five kids, so she was actually the most well-educated one. There, uh, had to take care of her younger siblings, had to take care of her mom while still being in school and working in the field. Damn, it was crazy. That's a lot of work. And my dad was a rebel. He had to. He tried escaping China like four times. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, in first... a, a rocket? <laughs> well, one of them, uh, he swam across the uh, the sea. No way. Yeah, I forgot what area was in, but um like he like because uh Hong Kong was um, ha- had a British colony on it. It yeah. was colonized by the British, so there would be boats patrolling the sea. Sure. So if you reached past a certain point, there would be boats waiting for you to pick you up. Oh man. And uh, I remember this one instance my my family was Driving home from work, and uh, my dad saw these people, um, like looking for a hotel, and they they didn't speak any English. So he went out of his way to show them where a hotel was, yeah, and like tell them what the rate was, and like because there was a few hotels that were closed, and he's like, oh, there's this one over here. So nice he would, guy. like we so we drew, like led them around with the car, mm-hmm. like while while they were driving, yeah, um, to show them where this hotel was and i was like dad after he sh- showed them where the hotel was i was like dad why are you so nice to these people that you don't even know and he told me about how i think it was the second time he tried to escape from china mm-hmm. he was uh like going over the border and he wasn't swimming this time and he got caught oh man he so um he was actually put uh he was tied to a tree in the middle of a village oh my god uh with his friend that was also escaping with him and yeah. they had like coins sewed into their the hem of their shirts, right? Okay. But they were kind of put there as an example to scare people away from escaping from communist China. Oh
1: my god, like a human scarecrow. That's terrifying.
0: Yeah, and uh, so they were kept there for 24 hours, Ugh. and um, people weren't allowed to interact with him Okay. or his friend. But there's this one woman, one woman that everybody thought was crazy, the, the village nut, right? Yeah. And she walked up to them, and she, like, asked them, like, oh, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? But everybody else in the village ignored them because, like, oh, she's crazy. Oh, like, wow. she's just going to do what she's going to do. And my dad's like, yeah, we're so hungry. We're thirsty. There's there's money in our shirts. Like, can you please, like, get us something to eat, like a steamed bun? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, normal thing to eat, right? Yeah, yeah. So they gave her their money. And she, like, for all they know, she could have just left with the money, and like, everything that they had. Yeah, yeah. But she came back with food. Oh,
1: that's so beautiful. And
0: she like broke off some bread and like fed them while they were still tied to a tree, and like gave them water.
1: That's amazing. That's a real superhero stuff. We're talking Superman. That's like how to do it. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> and it was. He, and to this day, he doesn't remember her name, but she, he remembers how she looks. And he remember he's so gratified by her actions that he, whenever he some, sees someone in trouble, he does the exact same thing. Cause he's like, you know what? You'll never know if you save someone's life.
1: Oh, my God. That is the most superheroic thing we've had in this podcast so far. That's so great. All right. We're going to break right now so I can go cry about that story <laughs> and we'll be back in like, whatever. Okay. All right, so we're back after that amazing story. So yeah, how do we top that? That's so good. I love that your, your dad's an actual superhero. So that, those were the two stories of him. He, there were two more times he tried to escape from China.
0: Yeah, but I like I don't think he ever told me about the other times that he. Oh no, there was fourth time. The fourth time okay. he tried to escape from China, he swam shark-infested water. Oh my God, <laughs> this is the best podcast of all
1: time. So did he ride a shark? What happened to get shark repellent like Batman? How did he? That would
0: be so epic if he was just like holding on to a fin, like with a harpoon. in Can We his hand? bring your dad on the podcast. I want
1: to hang out with them. Can you adopt me? This is amazing.
0: He lives in Chicago. You're going to have to bring him over here. <laughs> um, so uh, it was a different friend that he was traveling with. And uh, they uh he clung on to driftwood while he was swimming through these shark-infested waters. And okay. it was like eight hours in the waters before they finally reached this area. And they were about to just like collapse from exhaustion. Mm. And when this rowboat came and picked them up and brought them to... Uh, the the other big boat, where sure. the the British were, oh, and so yeah. they actually like brought him into Hong Kong, oh. and he had to basically make a new life for himself while he was there, mm-hmm. um, because he was a rebel. Like so, he was sort of uh, like not excommunicated isn't the right word, um,
1: but like a social pariah.
0: Yeah, he was ousted from his village, and he actually couldn't return there for quite a long time because. Like, he was a, like, he was a rebel. He was a fugitive from China. Uh, And this was before Hong Kong, uh, the British gave Hong Kong back to China. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he actually didn't see his parents for a very long time.
1: That's amazing. I love how that story, all of this, like, your dad from being sort of from the outside, being a rebel, not agreeing with Chinese policy and trying to leave and stuff. Like, I feel like you can't really see reality unless you have that sort of sense of removal. And that's what I've always liked with the Superman character to bring it full circle oh, to yeah. <laughs> this kal thing of like, if you're from somewhere else, like from Krypton or from China, or like you sort of see reality more clearly because it's not what you've been born into.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I feel like um, people with different cultures see things a little bit differently because like when you're stuck in just, just this one culture, you don't understand like what the other shoes people wear. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I feel like just seeing life from a different set of eyes really makes you a little more empathetic Mm -hmm. towards other people's suffering. Uh, And even then, like if you yourself go through something traumatic, if you are able to fight your own inner demons and uh, live through it, um, it changes you. You, for the better or the worse.
1: Absolutely, I mean, you out a better person, having gone through all that that trouble and turmoil. Like now, he's acting heroically towards random people in the street, is helping them out and offering assistance. That's again very Superman. You know, it's <laughs> uh, it's very super heroic in general. He had like a bad secret origin, and now he's a good dude. That's really really cool.
0: Yeah, so it was it was interesting it was just uh, it's growing up like seeing superheroes doing super heroic things, and then hearing real life experiences about my parents. Like yeah, like fighting for things that they believe in yeah so like it makes you realize there's like there's heroes in your everyday life they don't have to be superhuman people They're, they're just everyday people doing everyday things that's beautiful and just showing a little empathy towards people who you don't even know
1: yeah yeah oh that's amazing and i love that it's a it's an immigrant story too
0: That makes me really happy.
1: Yeah, Superman, that's great. Have you ever read uh, the New Superman comics? It's called New Super Dash Man, and he's, he's a Chinese dude in China.
0: What <laughs> yeah yeah, they just started I need to it. catch up on this. Oh it's
1: amazing. So yeah there's uh, you know because China's a huge market for comics now, obviously. Uh, a bunch of awesome people there' sharing the same kind of art that we share. So there's a book yeah, called New Superman where there's a Chinese Superman and a Chinese Batman and a Chinese flash and it's all it all takes, it all takes place in China. That's, That's all, awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, you know our Superman died. In, in the States, uh, like, that character died for a minute, and some of his energy went off into China, and they made a dude out of it, and he's a Chinese dude, and he's really cool.
0: I have not read this, because I'm also stuck in 40s Ben. <laughs> or in 40s Superman, uh, yeah. so I have some catching up to do. How
1: about uh, Red Sun? Do you ever read Red Sun?
0: It's on my queue of things to read, but I know it takes place, like... it superman's communists in this one right? we should
1: talk after you've read that because i'm interested from you having an actual like experience or your family's experience with communism what it's actually like having like a random dude write about how like awesome it would be to be communist
0: yeah, might be the, different would, for you yeah it'd be really interesting to have a conversation about this
1: yeah and that story he, he's falls not in kansas but in a collective farm in russia and he's brought up with the communist ideals and stuff and mark miller who wrote it uh used to he used to write um, speeches for the communist party in scotland oh wow yeah, before he got into comics, that was his, his job.
0: Did he get blacklisted, like all all, all American communists and? I think
1: <laughs> I, it seems like it's fine. Like it seems like it's kind of hip and trendy over there. Like it's uh, yeah, yeah. So I want you to read that, and I want you to come back on the show. This okay. was my favorite podcast I've done so oh, far. Thank you. These stories are amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Oh,
0: thank you for having me. Do you have
1: any more Superman or Superman related feelings you want to drop on the audience before we have to depart here?
0: It's like, you don't have to be superhuman to do superhuman things.
1: Oh, that's so good. I love this. All right, so where can people find you online if they're looking for more nuggets of wisdom like that?
0: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at uh, JuliaFung166.
1: Cool. Can you spell both names for me?
0: Uh, Julia Fung, J-U-L-I-A-F-U-N-G, number 166.
1: And you should follow her because she's the coolest person alive. Thank you so much for coming today. This ruled. You rule.
0: <laughs> thank you for having me on your show and talking about this really great Superman.
1: Heck yeah. And thank you to Meltdown Comics for having us. We appreciate it. This has been another episode of Super Friends with my super friend, Julia. I've been Eric Esquivel, your host. And thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. Ooh, super Friends with Eric Esquivel.